Welcome to the first episode of the Disney Hipster Podcast, a show critiquing the aesthetic choices of the Disney company. This is Adam, a writer for the Disney Hipster blog. I'm joined today by my co-host, Andrew. Hello there. We thought for this first episode that we would talk a little bit about ourselves and what makes us Disney hipsters. One of the big things is that when people think of hipsters, they think of sort of sarcastic, ironic, and negative people, you know, in their super skinny jeans or whatever. And uh, while we wear super skinny jeans and have really awesome hair, we're not necessarily negative, ironic, sarcastic people. Ironic maybe, but in sort of a, you know, a silly, goofy kind of way to where we might love sunny eclipse, but we're not projecting negativity on it necessarily correct and we're, and we're definitely more negative about things that are just poorly designed more than anything else or where the effort exactly. isn't put into it like the french bakery at the france pavilion in epcot which is horrible and people should give it up yes and kill themselves if and they eat there because they have bad taste just exactly. throw themselves throw off yourself into of the, the fake seven Eiffel seas Tower. Again. exactly yeah. there you go just oh, kill yourself okay in the same regard that we love sunny eclipse, we love something like Grand Fiesta Tour, which has no wait time at all, as opposed to something like Test Track, which is all right, but I'm not ever willing to wait in line for it. Like a regular vacationing family in the middle of the summer. Uh, and again, I, I would rather loop Grand Fiesta Tour than go on Test Track even one time. Exactly. And, it, and it's really, I think, about the artistry more than anything else of that attraction compared to something like Test Track. Exactly. Like Test Track is meant to just be a sort of entertaining romp. Exactly. Where something like, you know, Grand Fiesta Tour has all these little sort of bits that you could see, you know, Imagineers get the toss in and sort of work hard on. And, and that's company. the case with the most little attractions, especially in Epcot like that and Maelstrom and Living with the Land. They're my favorite three attractions in the entire resort exactly and then plus like most hipstery things we sort of root for the underdog exactly <laughs> you know something in our brain says don't like the popular thing and like donald duck yes exactly so the fact of the matter is that we are young we don't have kids we go to disney world four or five times a year mm-hmm. we stay at nice resorts and we don't like to spend a lot of time with the kids when we're there mm-hmm. yeah we exclusively we, try to stay at deluxe resorts mainly because of the design element again you know we like our atmosphere to be really nice because we spend a lot of time appreciating it we're not just going and, and sort of crashing in our hotel and sleeping and getting up and going to the parks for 12 hours exactly and even if we're not ironic or sarcastic we do kind of maybe a little tiny bit judge people for touring improperly in the parks by which I mean getting there at 11 o'clock and the first thing they do is go on Soren, which is probably the worst idea you could ever have. Yeah, so if you can gather, we are a little bit negative. We're not really negative, but we are judgmental, you know? You can be judgmental without being negative. I'm just being honest. I'm um, telling it like it is. I'm definitely a little bit negative. I'm telling it like it is. <laughs> We're not negative. We're just telling it like it is. All right, so the first thing that we, uh, the first thing that people ask us essentially is, what's our favorite park? And I think that's the quintessential Disney hipster question, you know, because you have people who, you know, 
want to spend their entire lives at Epcot. And you have people who hate Epcot since 1994, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that's uh, not what we're focusing right now. We're focusing on positive things, what our favorite park is, not what our least favorite park is. Adam, what's your favorite park? Um, I guess if we're going all Disney properties, I would have to go at Disneyland. Um, as much That's as awesome. I hate to portray the Disney World, which I like better as a whole, you know, Disneyland is just better designed and more cozy. And I say it a lot, but when you when you sort of corner Imagineers or creative people, they tend to do a lot better work. And I think having that space restriction really shines in that park and, you know, sort of makes it feel homey. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Disneyland is an amazing park. Disney World is an amazing resort. And even though Disneyland is in, you know, definitely one of my favorite parks, my favorite park that I like to spend the most time at is actually Animal Kingdom Park at Disney World. Just uh, the lush, the lush trees, the gardening, the amazing background music. If I didn't have to go on a single attraction, that's the park I would want to spend the most time at. Mm-hmm. You know, I could spend the entire day there and not go on an attraction, and I would be happy as a clam, wandering the little trails behind the Tree of Life or whatever. But that is my favorite park, Animal Kingdom Park, and you might notice a theme in a lot of my favorites. Starting uh, with starting with Animal Kingdom Park. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree. Animal Kingdom is is definitely a great park. I think for a lot of the same reasons I spoke about with Disneyland, um, it tends to be really well designed and meant to be cozier and, and sort of overgrown and lush exactly. and the pathways are a little tighter, which I think I like a lot. Yeah, cozy, to, coziness is good. Yeah, and I mean, we talk about this a lot in Rome, but you know, with parks like, you know, the Epcot and, and Magic Kingdom, they sort of shine on the fact that they were built with space. Too with much space, space. Too which much. is very, very 70s. Yeah, very There's 70s. Nothing, nothing nice about the 70s. Yeah, having wide walkways is not necessarily a good thing. Yes. People might be wider, but the streets don't need to be enormous. It's for, just for it's just bad design. So I would definitely agree that Disney, well, Animal Kingdom is a great park. Between those two parks, those are up there, one of my favorite sure. For sure. What's the uh, next question on our list here? Um, so the next one we have is our favorite restaurant. That's not. That is not is. our favorite question. Our next question is our favorite resort. All right. Well, uh, like I said, my I'm going with kind of a theme here. My favorite resort in all of the Disney properties is the Animal Kingdom Lodge, which is. Uh, beautiful resort in the lodge theme sort of going with that wilderness lodge alani and all those humongous uh lobbies it's a gorgeous resort great background music awesome awesome restaurants awesome pool the whole thing is just gorgeous really well themed you could uh easily make an entire vacation out of this resort Mm -hmm. yeah i think really I mean, it's beautiful, but you know, looking at it too, you see so many, so many things and so many parts of the design that just does not need to be there. Exactly. You know, when you're looking at the the way the wood is in the floor or whatever, you know, the it's chandeliers. Things, the chandeliers. People would never have noticed those things exactly. had you left them out. And uh, you the know, I think sunset overlook that doesn't even have to be there, but it's there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not to mention the African savanna with giraffes and okapi and. Pinkback pelicans eating fish out of your stinking window. It's awesome. Okay, well, so I would also say the Animal Kingdom Lodge is my favorite, um, but not to, to W. I would definitely say the Wilderness Lodge is my second favorite. 
um, which is actually funny because we've never actually stayed there. It's been on our list, but the Animal Kingdom Lodge always trumps it out. We've stayed at Animal Kingdom Lodge nine out of the last ten times that we've been to Disney World. So. Exactly, but we, we definitely make it a point to head over to Wilderness Lodge every time and explore and you know, it has that same sort of big, open, amazing design. The same and architect. Same architects, you know, gilded elevator doors, you know, sort of the whole... Great background music, thing. which is very important. Um, so that's, yeah, that's what I would say. But but one question, if, if with the Animal Kingdom Lodge, mm -hmm. Kadani or Jumbo? I think Jumbo House. Not because of what everyone else says, which is that there's just counter service or whatever. I think that the uh, grandiose theme of the lobby, it's its literally quadruple the size of the Kidani it lobby. Is. They're and, both beautiful. And the fact of the matter is that everyone complains about the walk between the two, but really... That's ridiculous. Really, it's like a five-minute walk. Are you so lazy that you're not going to walk between the two resorts? Are you kidding me? It's true. It's a five-minute walk. People are lazy. You're too lazy. If you're not walking between the two, you're super lazy. And uh, that's not to poo-poo on Kidani because I love Sanaa. It's one of my absolute favorite restaurants, especially resort restaurants. It's great for lunch. I love to get the tomato soup and the bread platter. Adam's yelling at me because that's a question coming up on our thing, but it's not my answer to the coming up question. Cut. But, I, but I love, I love Kidani almost as much as I love Jumbo House. But the fact of the matter is they're the same stinking resort. It's a five-minute walk between the two. If you consider this a separate resort, then you have to say that Port Orleans and Riverside are a separate resort, but the fact of the matter is they're not. Yeah, I mean, we've stated both of them multiple times. Uh, Kadani's really, really nice. It's really quiet and sort of out of the way. Um, but I have to say the amenities in Jumbo are just a lot better. So, like, it, it just makes it more convenient. You know, if you're right over the pool it's easier to get to things the mara is awesome and having access to it is great the we are big refillable mug fans um, which i'm sure a lot of you are as well because they're amazing and if you do not get refillable mugs we highly recommend it and don't bring them back <laughs> i mean you shouldn't bring them back because that would be wrong to bring them back and use them multiple times for a trip or at least don't be those people who bring back a mug from 1999. Don't bring back that. your 1990 mug, 1999 mug from uh, <laughs> from Port Orleans at Riverside and use it at Animal Kingdom Lodge. But if you want to, go right ahead. They're never yell at you. For but it. they're never gonna say anything. Anyway, it's very convenient to be able to go down to the Mara and refill on your Nescafe, which I think is delicious. And uh, you get think your it's little nostalgic. You do not think it's delicious. I think it's delicious. I love it. It tastes like maple syrup. Hmm. And you can also get a Mickey waffle or some breakfast quinoa on your way to Epcot Rope Drop. Anyway, we yeah. love we love Animal Kingdom Lodge. But overall, thing in Jumbo, it's it's just much easier to pop down the mar and get some we breakfast get, we get, or hang we get out. Convenience. Um, you know, go to the, the pool is a little bit bigger. It's actually the both pools are nice, but I like them. Well, the actually, Jumbo has pool a lot better. That's funny where we. Uh, are a little bit different is I think the Kidani pool is uh, much better. Their pool bar is better. Their kids play area, not that we care about kids, is better. Their slide is better. Just the, the atmosphere is better at the Kidani pool. But I think the Jumbo House in general is better. And I just love the atmosphere at yeah. Jumbo House. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm big. I think the pool is just big and epic and, and really nice at Jumbo. Um, and then plus, you know, you have the sort of big gift shop and yeah um, that's if, that's always great if you are using the bus systems the, the buses, buses are better. 
they they go straight from the resort to the park so where you kind of have to sit through Kandani on the way back it's sort of a shorter ride to the parks when you're excited to get there which is yeah which is good but we've been renting cars so it doesn't matter it doesn't matter from our point of view but it doesn't matter um, okay, so I think next on our list are our favorite restaurants. Favorite? So, uh, sit-down so restaurants. No, yeah, we'll do sit-down first. We're doing sit-down restaurants? Yes. Andrew, you can give yours if you'd like. All right. Uh, as far as uh, sit-down restaurants, my favorite, as much as I want to say Sanaa, like we were just talking about, which is absolutely one of my favorites, my favorite sit-down restaurant is Artist Point at Wilderness Lodge, which I just think is as far if you're gonna spend the money at a in quotes fancy restaurant signature dining location signature, yeah exactly thank you for uh, speaking for me a signature dining restaurant uh artist point is the the way to go it's uh i don't even know how to articulate what i want to say it's uh it's just you know it's a it, lot it's a it's got beautiful views it's the restaurant design itself is is not the greatest. Exactly. Yes, the design of the restaurant is not great, but the, the design food, of the food. The food <laughs> that I've had there is to be totally '90s right now. The food I've had there is totally the bomb, and I love it. And uh, it's worth it's it's worth the hefty price tag. We've had my dad pay for it a couple of times, and he's uh, a little stunned by the price tag. But let me just say, the artisan cheese plate is really quite exquisite which is true because the the cheese plates in a lot of disney restaurants is very very disappointing yeah this cheese plate is really good the yeah. cheese plate at Gico, for instance eh, maybe not so good but this cheese plate is very good the uh you get the good atmosphere you get the tremendous waiters we always get free stuff when we're there because we wear our we're typically there on anniversaries we wear our anniversary buttons every time we go even if it's not our anniversary and they give us free stuff and it's awesome what else Bread is good. Uh, the, the, oh, the, the bread. smoked portobello soup is amazing. The bread is tremendous, and it comes with the smoked lava salt on top of it, which is awesome. The portobello soup is to die for, literally to die for. I would slip my wrist right now if I could have some. It that would, would be awesome. It really is the best soup ever. That would just um, be awesome. The other thing, too, is we, I don't, I don't know if a lot of people do this, but we split a lot of food items, and they're very gracious to actually put it onto two separate plates. Which yeah. is not a service you get in sort of some of the lower restaurants. And price-wise, although it is pricey, it's really not terribly much more than, it's, say, a Sanaa or or a restaurant of that. Or if nature. you went to Blue Bayou in Disneyland, it's yeah, but, the the quality of Blue Bayou does not touch the quality of, say, Artist Point. The Artist Point quality is amazing, on par with like Napa Rose for sure, absolutely, and you get more food than you would at Blue Bayou. Oh yeah, but the Blue the, Bayou it's just a grilled, they're, they're really not a grilled stinking portobello mushroom on some couscous and some atmosphere. Yeah, All right, it's, yeah, sure, worth it. Yes, uh, maybe not next time. Yeah, I think that the comparing to Disneyland is tough because the it's really not comparable price wise. It's, it's a different thing. So as uh, far as as far as the atmosphere, sorry to keep going, but as far as the atmosphere goes, they could probably remodel this restaurant a little bit those murals okay yeah they're attractive to a 95 year old lady yeah. but to me they are kind of tacky the uh stuffiness of this restaurant is definitely there mm. for sure i've heard people complain about that before it's very stuffy but i've seen grown-ass men wearing flip-flops at this restaurant and it really pisses me off because i go out of my way to 
wear my little bow tie and my suspenders and get dressed up and nobody else does and it really pisses me off so people maybe just don't wear flip-flops to artist point thank you <laughs> shut up <laughs> i'm sorry but i actually had things to say about that and it pisses me off yeah i mean the food at artist point is absolutely exquisite and delicious um i think what, the restaurant i think the restaurant's a little passe um and then it, it sort of has that 80s fine dining thing going on or 90s and you know it it's really it's really fake and that part can go away but it really is a wonderful restaurant so absolutely so merging into mine um one thing he did not mention is that we are both vegetarians which sort of makes things a little bit challenging disney's pretty wonderful at, at being uh you know uh, i don't know how to explain it um would you say accommodating accommodating yes thank you so disney's good at being accommodating um anywhere we go any restaurant we've been to so really we we've tried everything we've had no problems so one of the things one of the restaurants we've we've sort of put off for a long time and finally went during our last trip which i absolutely loved and i actually hear meat eaters talk kind of bad about this place sometimes is beer garden oh it's so good and it's really gone up there (laughs) as being one of my favorite restaurants um so So i start with the atmosphere the the sort of dark you know night german town Oktoberfest, long tables, sharing tables with other people. It was just wonderful. So much fun. You know, every time we've sat down, we've had great people and had great conversations, you know, with people from all over the country. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just a lot of fun, a lot of homey. And I think the people who go tend to be more open to that sort of thing. So it, it makes them really great. Yeah. Um, and then on top, well, secondly, then the band is just awesome. You know, it, it's great to have somebody come out and play some music And you for can buy you. their CD in the Epcot shop. You can. But, which is, I just think is great. But it's, it's just great to have that. And it just fits into the theme and just, you know, it just really works really, really well. Yeah. And, and then the food. I mean, as vegetarians, we obviously can't eat, the, you know, 70% of the it because it's all meat. But, but hello, you got some pretzel bread. You know, but the pretzel bread, the spatzel. <laughs> spatzel. Spatzel. The, the, the soup is usually vegetarian. Ugh. Usually nine times out of ten vegetarian. There's tons of salad. There's tons of fruit. Yeah. The dessert is delicious. It's just, it's it's just wonderful. It's and then if you like beer, you can get a liter and get totally wasted. Yeah. I, I have to say, out of the several times that we've eaten there, that the people next to us have gotten plastered off of a humongous two and a half liters of beer that looks like it's coming out of a boot mm-hmm. it's, it's true. awesome and sometimes then you'll you'll bond really closely with the the, con- the couple from wisconsin when Usually. the drunk gay guy next to you asks if you want to go back to the hotel with him yeah which is again nine times out of ten somebody yeah. drunk will ask you to go back to your so. hotel anyway um, my favorite beer garden let's move on well wait 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 the thing that Epcot does the best is makes you feel like you're in another world when you're at a sit-down restaurant. A good example is San Angel Inn in uh, Mexico or the uh, Rose and Crown in, in England or whatever. Mm. But this one really makes you feel, in addition to being in Germany, but being at nighttime in Germany at this, I don't know, do they even have buffets in Germany? I don't even know. But in Germany, with this awesome band, and at nighttime, and the atmosphere is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's it. correct, and, that, and that's sort of what I was getting at. I, I, you know, it's, I it's, think we got off topic. But the it, atmosphere is amazing, exactly. and it's totally worth the atmosphere. And it sits with, you know, oh. Beer Garden, um, San Angel and Totally same thing. Um, you know, Blue uh, Bayou. Awesome and, atmosphere. Yeah, it, you know, it's all about that. If only the German uh, Rhine River com- country... 
attraction was going past it. That would be even better. That would be totally awesome. Going with what we were just talking about uh, is our favorite counter service restaurant. Adam, what's yours? So mine's pretty simple and pretty straightforward. Go Um, for it. It is the always wonderful Pecos Bill. Mm. Um, So this counter service is my favorite for a number of reasons. One, um, where it is. Mm-hmm. Frontierland, awesome. Exits out the back in Adventureland. Hello. Humongous restaurant, lots of seating. Um, Tons of seating. Best part is the toppings bar. So typically we're getting veggie burgers and going to town with, you know, sauteed mushrooms, onion, cheese sauce, the whole nine. It's quite delicious. I, I always um, steal sweet and sour sauce from the Mara. So if you're staying at the Animal Kingdom log, do that. Put it in a Ziploc <laughs> bag in your, in your purse or your man purse. <laughs> Your man bag. And then you get to dip french fries and sweet and sour sauce. Being that I don't eat, haven't eaten McDonald's in 20 years, it sort of you know, makes up for it. Yeah. So definitely, definitely Pecos Bills. I love is my Pecos favorite. Bills. I love it. The good thing about Pecos Bills is that you get your veggie burger and you get your french fries, you load up on toppings, and then, oh God, there's no seating anywhere. Just walk over to the Tortuga Tavern seating, which is easily accessible even if it's closed seasonally like it usually is go sit over there the seating over there is wonderful and it's dark you get out of the sun for a little while that's terrific we always love to do that pretty much every time we're there we sit in the same little room mm-hmm. in the back towards tortuga taverns which used to be that pirate and parrot restaurant whatever same thing um like adam was saying we love the toppings bar i could not be a bigger fan of plastic cheese if I could, I would take a yes. shot of it every hour on the hour for the rest of my life. And don't touch it. And it's delicious. I just love it. Especially with those good Disney World French fries. Mm. And I if you're that. lucky, you could catch the Frontierland hoedown. Sort of stand right by the entrance to Pecos Bill and then bounce in just as it opens at 1130. And if you're like Adam, you can run out, assault Wendell, and make him throw up and dance I did stage. not make him throw up. It was awesome. He threw up because he was hot. He threw up because you made him sick. Shut up. Um, okay. Anyway, I love Pecos Bill. Counter service. Counter service restaurants. There's a million that I could choose. Now, Obviously. I'm not including, clearly there's a million. I'm not including <laughs> every counter service restaurant in this list because if we said favorite resort counter service, it would be different. But I'm counting specifically theme park counter service restaurants. Okay. Correct. Otherwise, it would be different. It would be totally different. But I'm going to go ahead and say, Columbia Harbor Stinkin' House, which I love. I love Columbia Harbor House. It's my favorite restaurant. Uh, My love of this restaurant starts at my very first trip to Disney World as an adult with Adam seven years ago. Mm -hmm. It was the very first thing that we did Mm -hmm. uh, before we went on any attractions. The first thing we did was go to Columbia Harbor House and I had a lighthouse sandwich with a half a cup of chili. Back then they offered half sandwich, half vegetarian chili and for, for those of you who know a lighthouse sandwich is a hummus tomato and broccoli slaw sandwich with, on some multi-grain bread and it's amazing and it's slathered in mayonnaise and which it, i love and really it, it was one of the few vegetarian option and options in the park back in the day and i started going with my sister about a den, about 10 years ago and that was one of the few places i could you know frequently eat or commonly eat. anyway back to, to me 
The Lighthouse Sandwich is my favorite sandwich. I try to make it at home sometimes and it never comes out the same. The bread is amazingly rustic. You can see those little grains and oatmeal's on top and I love that. And now <laughs> <Oatmeal's>. <laughs> the best thing is, the best thing is that uh, even though they've gotten rid of the half sandwich, half chili like they used to have, you can still get a whole sandwich and instead of getting french fries or potato chips, you can get a side of broccoli. Yeah. And this isn't just frozen, thawed out broccoli. It's steamed fresh broccoli with just a little salt, very, you know, lightly seasoned, which I really like. I just like having vegetables in the park, which is something rare at Disney World, but you might find more abundant at Disneyland, mm -hmm. where people eat more vegetables. Yeah, we didn't get french fries one time, except for when we ordered them. Hello. Regardless, uh, Columbia Harbor House is amazing. The theming among yes, other I, things I is totally amazing. It's uh, You see the little sailor's knots on the wall. You have my Bonnie Lies Over the Ocean playing on the speakers. It's amazing. And the bathrooms are really, really quaint and tiny. And those are my favorite bathrooms in the Magic Kingdom. It's true. And the, art, the walls are just filled with tons of sort of nautical... Early America article nonsense. Yeah, it's it's awesome. really really wonderful, and I'll give you that. As much as I love Pegos Bill, the it's not is the theming is not nearly and as great as Columbia Harbor House. You're right in front of Haunted Mansion, which is awesome because Haunted Mansion is a good attraction to experience while you have a full tummy because you're not getting jostled yes. around like on the teacups. Yes, and you're forgetting the most important part, which is sitting in the little overview oh. between Fantasyland. It's the best seat. And Liberty Square. It's the best seat. Literally, it's the best seat in any Disney park in the entire world. And I haven't been to all the parks, but I'm assuming that that's the best one. It's wonderful. Just eat your lunch, sit by the window, do some people watching. Go sit upstairs. And pray and pray and pray that the new expansion... Doesn't get rid of it. Fantasy and expansion does not cause them to, to demolish it. Well, now it seems like you will have a good view of Rapunzel's tower, which is fine because Rapunzel's all right. She's blonde. She's okay. I love I like Rapunzel. Her. I like her. She's I good. like Pasquale more, but I she like has her. a good song, so we'll just stick with her. Okay. So right. speaking of Rapunzel, uh -huh. the next thing on our list is our favorite princess. Favorite princess. What is uh, your favorite princess, friend? Um, I asked you first. Well, my favorite princess is actually Aurora from Sleeping Beauty. And though we are, are not big on princesses, because that is kind of really gay. It's true. It's, it's, it's really gay. Liking princesses is really gay, and we're two grown-ass men. Um, <laughs> Aurora is still my favorite, because I love Sleeping Beauty, and more than anything, I love Prince Philip, and anyone who gets to date Prince Philip is awesome. Mm. And Aurora has really fabulous hair, and I'm a hairdresser. So, my choice is really based more on meet and greet than anything else. Um, Aurora, the, one of the biggest reasons I don't like her is Ugh, her film is wonderful, but her animation is wonderful, but, her in-park presence is absolutely terrible, her costume is terrible, her, her wig is just awful, they it's always have the worst horrible. girls, she, they have no real personality behind her, she's totally meet and greet. Her hair is literally made of plastic. On the other hand, <laughs> there is nothing funner than meeting a really good Tiana. Hello. So she just has a lot of attitude, a lot of spark. She's super entertaining. If you get the pleasure of meeting her and Naveen at the same time, it's really wonderful. They're amazing. Um, and I think she's just a positive, you know, positive role model. Her film, Princess the Frog, is absolutely amazing. Totally underrated. Um, yeah, totally underrated. And she's just a great character all around. There's yeah. nothing, 
not positive about her. You really don't find it as much as, like, still, she's not my favorite princess, but you don't find anybody more sassy than her. The other princesses just don't have the mm-hmm. attitude. She, I think she's given more of a leash from the Disney company to be a little bit more up-to-date, maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it is. I mean, I love the other princess. I really like, I really love like, Snow White. Snow White is amazing. Is one of my yeah. favorites. I know a lot of people hate on her because she's so aloof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Snow, White's, Snow White's great, but and Tiana, that's fine, but she, she's got it. She's just, she's just, she's got everything. Well, the fact she's is, a fabulous like, we, character. we like to sort of quiz them on their film or quiz them on their history or whatever. And Tiana has always got some little quip to say, or Naveen especially, has got some little quip. They know the lines to all the songs. They know this. They know that. Exactly. So I would have chosen a different one, but the other character I would have chosen is not truly a princess, so I won't, I'll leave her out of Who it. Who else? Alice? I'm just, just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. So. Nice. Next up. Um, all right. Well, we're going straight from our favorite princess to our favorite animated classic film. And now this isn't just any animated Disney film necessarily or any Disney film, but animated classic. There's 50, what, 52 of them? 51 of them? There's now 51. 51 animated classics. We're not counting. Before someone butchers me, don't quote me on that. Yeah, but we're, it's like 51 or 52, whatever. We're picking an animated classic film. Adam, what's your favorite animated classic film? Um, so before I give you my animated classic, I just want to say, especially that this is the first episode of this blog, uh, this podcast. That we sound like total dorks. Yeah. But... A lot of podcasts tend to focus only on the parks, and we're really all about the Disney company, its aesthetics, all the way through, um, So, which includes the films, so we'll be discussing those in length here as well. History of films, the you know aesthetics of films, like some people might like Cinderella, but we kind of think Cinderella pretty much really sucks, mm. because it's just ugly. Okay. Continue. Sure. So, uh, my favorite animated classic is by far Alice in Wonderland. Hello. Um, which maybe is a little typical, I'm not really sure. Um, I'm not going to get too far into it. We can go on and on and on. This is, you know, could be another topic on another show. But she's a wonderful character. This It has just the most amazing soundtrack. The Mary Blair and Steidl design is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, just you, don't every... see, you don't see Mary Blair more in any other film Yes, which is, than which Alice is true. in Wonderland. You who, literally who see her in almost every scene. But even that, the animation is just flawless. I really think it is Disney at the absolute top of its game you know it goes from scene to scene to scene every bit of it wonderful yeah um and really i'll just a lot of that i think a lot of people their problem with alice in wonderland is lack of story which is an intrinsically disney thing is story you focus on story first in alice there is a lack of story but really with the lack of story you're sticking with the original content of the alice in wonderland book which is there's no real story I mean, I think that's why it's so good for me is that it's such, it's really an art piece. It was a melange. It was was a show off. It's a melange (laughs) of vignettes, which is exactly how the book is. And people complain about that. And I think that's sort of uh, ridiculous. I think it's a terrific movie. Definitely one of my favorites. But my favorite uh, Disney animated classic, if we're speaking mostly about animation, I'm going to have to go to Sleeping Beauty. I think it's a beautiful movie. I think the story is there, unlike in like Alice in Wonderland, where there's no real narrative. Sleeping Beauty has a definitive narrative, gorgeous princess, amazing characters, wonderful voiceover work. Uh, the background art, again, is Mary Blair, but also Ivan Earl, who's tremendous. He did all those beautiful square trees that you see in uh, Sleeping Beauty, uh, Flora Fauna, 
and Disneyland Paris. Disneyland Paris, the wonderful, gorgeous, so awesome castle is beautiful. But not not only that, but you have some Disney uh, park history in there as well, being that Walt Disney built Sleeping Beauty Castle in Disneyland in 1955, four years before this movie comes out, knowing that this movie is going to be super important to the company. It's going to be a make it or break it situation. Sure, it didn't make its money in its initial run, but it turned out to be an amazing classic. I love it. I love the songs and I love the characters and look of this movie. Plus, Maleficent is a total badass and that's 100% agreed on by everyone. Yeah, it's definitely a great film. Definitely not my favorite or even probably in my top 10, but but close to it. Um, the fairies are just awesome. It's whimsical. The animation's great. And everything you really said. And Prince Philip is a dreamboat. Yes. But. That's coming from me, and I know dreamboat. I just, for some reason, don't find it as quite as entertaining as I do Alice. I could watch and Alice. Pe- and a lot of people don't. On, over and over and over a and over and over. Don't. over I don't want to. I don't want to uh, convey that me and Adam agree on everything. That's definitely not true. To where Alice and one or. Alice in Wonderland is definitively his favorite attraction, or not attraction, but his favorite movie. Sleeping Beauty is definitively my favorite movie. I love this movie. It's just gorgeous. The music is amazing, and its influence on the park is really tremendous, and I just appreciate that so much. Okay. Okay, so. Next, speaking of movies, live action. Live action movies. Andrew, I am going to throw this one your way. What's your favorite live action (sighs) Disney film? Okay, now. In the extreme canon of live-action Disney films, sure, I could say things like the Lindsay Lohan remake of <laughs> Parent Trap, or the Lindsay Lohan remake of Herbie the Love Bug, or the Lindsay Lohan remake of Freaky Friday. Kind I could awesome. say any of those three things, but I'm not. I'm going to uh, do a little throwback to uh, the Haley Mills vehicle Summer Magic. Pretty... Oh, God. To say this is my favorite Disney live-action movie is kind of uh, underscoring my sentiments here. My real sentiments is that this is the best movie ever made by any human being <laughs> ever. And I could watch this movie on repeat on my DVD player uh, 24 hours a day for the rest of my life. And I would be a super, hubie, super happy human being. This is the best movie ever made. Okay, you haven't actually said anything about the movie. Well, that the only the fact of the matter is that it's a terrific Sherman Brothers score. It's literally some of the best Sherman Brothers terrific. music ever written. Some people might be like, oh, well, it's not Parks related. It's not this. It's not that. But, well, actually, if you think about it, it is Parks related. I, I want to say three of the songs from this movie end up on Main Street as instrumentals. Gorgeous songs. What is it? Flitterin'. Railroad Rag and Summer Magic the Song, sang by the amazing Dorothy McGuire, or all songs on Main Street. Um, and then there's also Osh Popham's Emporium on Main Street. Terrific, terrific movie. Wonderful influence in the park. Haley Mills absolutely kills it. Her bangs go on for days, and I love her for it. Mm-hmm. Who else? Burl Ives. Burl Ives just totally destroys it. it. But Bill Ives, oh God. When doesn't he destroy it? Yeah, when doesn't Burl Ives freaking destroy it this man is amazing but it wasn't his first time with 
the Disney company was in, so did her my heart, and it was a great nut as well. And you're forgetting our favorite red-headed boy. Stinking Eddie Hodges. Eddie Hodges, who... Tearing it up left and right. On a side note, buy Eddie, Hod Eddie Hodges' greatest hits. Buy Eddie Hodges' greatest hits. Just buy it. Amazing. Just buy it. Who knew that Eddie Hodges was such a stinking... Just amazing. Oh, amazing. I, I mean, I think overall this film is, is amazing. It's definitely one of my favorites. Totally underappreciated. In my view, it is... I mean, obviously it doesn't have the animated animation portion, but it is better than Mary Poppins. It's this it's movie more is entertaining way to watch. better than Mary Poppins. Those songs are just as good, if not better. This is the ultimate Disney classic. It, it incorporates one of the biggest tropes of Disney movies that Mary Poppins doesn't necessarily uh, encompass, which is the turn of the century USA trope of Disney Company. Mm -hmm. You know? Okay. It's awesome. I love it. So... Um, to mine, going with Haley Mills, because we love Haley nice. to death. I and if Haley it. ever wants to come on our show, that would be wonderful. I love you, Haley. Um, In Search of the Castaways. Yeah. So this Jules Verne-inspired classic is just amazing. Um, really has a wonderful, 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 bleh, a wonderful cast um, from Haley... All the other random people in it, don't even know whose names it. whose names I don't know. Um, the Maurice main... Chevalier or whatever yeah, Chevalier. Chevalier. That guy's amazing. Um, just great, 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 great Sherman Brothers songs again. again. Sherman Brothers songs. In search of the Castaways, just just an amazing song, um, and it just sort of goes from. Some... No, he's speaking of the song Castaway. Yes, Castaway by the Sherman Brothers. It's a really slow Castaway. ballad that Haley sings to her sexy boyfriend halfway through the song when Correct. they're in the mountainside in South America. But it's just it's just riveting and it's filled with action and it goes from one random crazy scene to another. It just has it's just amazing. I'm as far as like it. Jules If you Verne, haven't seen it, just watch it. As far as Jules Verne inspired Disney movies, this one is I think this one is the best. I was originally gonna say twenty thousand leagues under the sea. But this one's better. Yeah, but this is this is more entertaining in the long run. Much more entertaining, yeah. But Twenty Thousand Leagues is a Kirk very Douglas close second. Douglas does not hold a candle to Haley's hair in this movie. I just have to point out that Haley has a lot of fake hair in this movie, and it's awesome. It's awesome. And a condor saves her brother. Okay, it is true. So, uh, going from live-action movies, we're going to make a really <laughs> seamless segue here from live-action movies to our favorite snacks in Disney World parks or Disney Disney parks in general, not Disney World necessarily. Adam, what's your favorite snack in a Disney park? In a park? In or or in a resort? At Disney Disney period. Um, I was going to go with zebra domes. Nice. The classic from good old Animal Kingdom Lodge. Animal Kingdom Lodge are our favorite. Um, originally showing up in the buffet Boma, the severely overrated buffet really Boma. overrated that's a whole nother show by far the best thing in it is zebra domes and the only reason to eat it but the only reason to go to Boma is for zebra domes exactly. if you can it's... eat your weight in zebra domes maybe it's worth the $30 price yes, tag but it's... otherwise no except that you can go to the awesome Mara counter service right next door and buy a five pack for $3.69 $3.69 um, so if I had done good research I would be able to explain in detail exactly what these things are but, uh, but I can't they're essentially just a very very thin piece of cake with some mousse with some sort of liqueur in it. I think it's kind of a coffee-ish liqueur. It's kind of like a coffee liqueur. And then sort of covered it in this white chocolate ganache and these little cocoa nibs that Disney loves to put I on everything. I love those um, And they're just, they just melt in your mouth. They're delicious. Just absolutely, absolutely delicious. And, you know, every, the Dis big goods in general in Disney 
world yeah. are pretty poor. Really horrible. Um, and typically overrated again. Um, but these are not. They are every bit worth it. If you happen to stay at the lodge, make sure you try them. If you're not staying at the lodge, go there and try them. Yeah, I I agree with this. Like a lot of times we disagree on snacks. You really love ice cream and you love ice cream sundaes and this and that and you love baked goods. I hate for the most part I really do not like sweet things as a rule, pretty much. I'd rather have a shot of plastic cheese from Pico's Bill than I would a sweet thing. But I do love the zebra domes. Again, this is going back to my uh, affinity for Animal Kingdom Watch, maybe. But it uh, really screams vacation at me when I'm staring at that little plastic, you know, tray of five zebra domes. And I'm just going to eat my Hmm. two and a half. I want to say two and a half, but I usually eat three anatomies, too, while I'm drinking my Nescafe. But it's quite delicious. It's a great great mid-break from the parks. Absolutely. Uh, We eat at least one a day, sometimes two. Yeah, usually at least one a day it's during our 10-day vacation. So if you equate that, that's like five and a half pounds each of us. Okay. Extra weight. Um, all right. So now uh, going against what I just said, how I don't usually like sweet things, my favorite Disney snack is a school bread from the Epcot Pavilion of Norway at the Kringla Oak Cafe. I just love this thing. It is... Uh, it's not too sweet. It's a little bun. It's uh, flavored with cardamom, but not too much sugar. But it's stuffed with this badass sweet vanilla custard and topped with toasted coconut. Mm-hmm. And I think I didn't. I think you didn't put that. It was a bread. Yeah, school bread. It's a bread. It's bread. It's a slightly sweetened cardamom bread. But it's really not sweetened very much. The bread itself, no. it really is not that it's, sweet. It's all about the delicious custard. The custard that should be in the cream puffs yeah. in the French. <laughs> in the stupid French bakery, which is horrible. Yes. Again, I don't go there. I don't know if we've mentioned it, but the French bakery is horrible. That's true. But school breads are amazing. It's really great and, and affordable. One of the best snacks. I mean, don't I ever do the. Say it's, I yeah. want to say it's like three bucks. Unless you unless you have snack credits, where it doesn't really matter, which we also. And also, like, why would you have snack credits? Yeah, because don't. You shouldn't be on dining the dining plan. Dining plan is a rip off. If you haven't figured it out, do the math. Don't be on the dining plan because you're, yeah, you just shouldn't be. I don't want to say retarded because yes. that's not. The reason it seems like a good deal is because you got four chocolate cakes that you would never eat or Ooh. bought if you didn't have the dining plan. Don't ever eat those chocolate cakes. That's and why your bill is eighty one dollars. Why would you $81. ever have a strawberry yogurt? Just don't eat it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I love the school bread. In Norway, the uh, young ladies that serve it to you in the Kringla are usually extremely sweet. And in their off hours, the Norwegian boys like to get drunk there. Mm-hmm. And they hang out with us because mm-hmm. they're really sweet. And then after you d- are done eating your school bread, you can go right on the Maelstrom. Which is awesome. Which okay. is one of my favorite rides. So actually, good segue. We, don't, we actually don't have this on our list, but I think we should throw it in there. Uh, what is your favorite Epcot Pavilion? My favorite well, World Showcase world Pavilion? World Showcase Pavilion. Okay, not Pavilion, period. No, because I that realize would change. I said that. That would change, change this game. Yeah. Um, are you sure spot. you don't want to go first? Uh, do you want me to go first? Well, I just would... St- I know I'm probably going to steal yours. You can go for it. We could I'm, agree. I'm going to say that mine is uh, Norway. I was just in Norway with my school bread. I'm going to stay there with my awesome Maelstrom, my Puffins Roost, my giant troll figure... Uh, that smelly, horrible Norwegian perfume that reminds me of vacation. Your your grass roof. 
my awesome grass roof. I love the Norwegian pavilion. Your sexy to... Norway boys and sexy Norway girls for you straight Those, boys out there. The people that work at the Norway pavilion really should all be models. Well, they should have been, but something's happened. They've gotten a little puffy. They're very puffy. Yeah, the boys have gotten very puffy. I think, I don't know what's going on They used in to be really cute. Now I think they puffy. got it like a McDonald's or something. Yeah, they've been Oslo. eating too much McDonald's. They're, it's very puffy. It's weird. Um, Norway's definitely up there for me. But I kind of like Mexico better. Yeah? A little bit. The inside of Mexico, the sort of nighttime temple thing, it's just it's just wonderful. And the restaurant's wonderful, and the shopping is wonderful, and we almost always buy stuff for our house from there that is not Disney-related, but comes from there, like... Clay skeletons. Like clay skeletons and, and things like that. books about the Day of the Dead. And then plus you have Grand... The Grand Fiesta Tour, which is just awesome. We'll get into another show. Oh. Then you can meet Senor Donald, which I love. I love Senor Donald. I love the mariachi band. It's just great. I love Cava del Tequila. Probably the most underrated. Well, actually, it's it's not that. underrated. Strike that. It's not underrated. It's rated at all. properly. It's, it's, maybe if Prob anything, it's overrated. But it's very good, and I love it so much. It's properly rated. Okay. It, it's it's properly rated. Okay. That's yeah. for the moment, so we could stop there. We don't need to go too far into it. So, so I guess after our uh, favorite Epcot pavilion, which was unplanned, we're gonna go right into our favorite attraction at any Disney park that you've experienced. Okay, so um, mine is a little bit out there and I think people might hurt me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with Primeval World. Nice. Which I know people hate on, but that's because people have bad taste. You guys have bad taste. Okay, so um, aside from being remarkably fun, you're on a it's awesome wild mouse coaster, very typical wild mouse coaster, which mm -hmm. is classic and awesome in its design. Mm -hmm. um, it spins, which just makes it that much funner. And then what people hate on it is how bad it looks. But you mm. need to realize how hard it was to make something look that bad. Do you really think that there was a parking lot there before and they just built it on the parking lot? No. They built the parking lot to build this attraction on. Faking things is what Disney does best. Yes. And that is, you know, top of their game, faked something or other. Absolutely. Every attraction cannot cost $150 million or $200 million. I think that's why, you know, especially that mindset is why the parks lack sometimes in things to do. I'd much rather have something to do, smaller things to do than to have just four humongous attractions. And then just the general theming of it, like, you know, the the, the giant sequins that are all over everything. The, the, you know, the artwork itself, the dinosaurs, the, the bright colors, just everything about it is really wonderful. Back to what? Adam was saying, how could you hate on this, but you're not going to hate on Dumbo. You're not going to hate on, well, I guess if people do hate on Aladdin's magic carpet, yeah. again, off the shelf sort of attractions, but does being Dumbo make the theming any better than the mm -hmm. theming to this attraction? Not the, really. This is a little, I mean, it's also a little different because it's not, it's out of the way. Or, it's not... or hating on, for, the, for that matter, hating on Space Mountain. It's the same attraction but it's outside. Exactly. It's Space Mountain is just indoors. Yeah. Hell and right. having that it has the same exact storyline as Dinosaur, which is right next door. So it's you have awesome. sort of this really serious version of it and this really fake, sort of fun, whimsical version of it. It's just great. And it spins. And this it's just fun. spins. And, and rewritability, you can go on it a hundred thousand times there's and it's rarely, fun. There's rarely a wait for this. It's, oh God, some of my best experiences at Animal Kingdom are on this attraction. 
back when they had extra magic hours at nighttime between looping this expedition everest dinosaur back forth back forth amazing mm. i love this attraction yep i love it so all right so uh, going to mine all right uh like i i think i sort of alluded to it earlier you know i really love maelstrom i really love grand fiesta tour but my favorite attraction and this is kind of a surprise because i used to not love it so much is living with the stinking land at epcot i love this attraction i almost said it it's, it's my awesome. favorite living with the land is the best attraction at disney world it is the best disney attraction period it is it's very very old epcot i love it it smells so good plants it, it just smells so good it's and just... the plants smell good and the cast members are really nice and i like getting in a boat and I like smells seeing, good. I love seeing that farm scene and that rooster just keeps cockadoodling over and over again. Uh-huh. And that bison is so cute. And B. Arthur. And B. Arthur, who is dressed up as a tomato lady. She's amazing. Yeah. I, I love I love this attraction. I go on it every time I'm in Epcot. Behind the Seeds tour is amazing. Highly recommended for, you know, what is it, 20 bucks a person? Yeah, not really, even. Really, really great. It's, it's great. And, and just as much as I could take. I mean, I don't. I could not do a six-hour tour, so it really works out well. Yeah. Um, what else? You didn't like the fish. I didn't like the aqua. I think they call it aquaculture. Yeah. Again, I don't want to like and be the alligators. total dickheads, but again, we're both vegetarians, and I don't like the fact that they show us raising fish for eating in Epcot. That's gross. And what are they raising those alligators for? Are you guys really eating alligators on vacation? Really? People are. Why are they there? I disagree. I am, you know, I'm a vegetarian, but more for. I mean, I just reasons. think it's gross. I love animals, yeah. of course. I love animals, I mean, but I don't too, care about them that much. But I think it's better than better to do that than to to ransack the environment. So, but that's a whole of nother. Course, no fish. Hole. Of course, of course. I'm not going to get into this. I think that we don't need to see these fish getting farmed for people's delight. Which is at true. The living or at the coral reef or wherever. Disgusting. I do love the fish though that feed the plants. The fish poop oh, yeah, cycle. Pretty yeah, okay. That's pretty awesome. So anyway, I love living with, living the, with land. the land. Awesome. I especially love the ride narration. Oh, I'm glad that they got rid wonderful. of the tour guide because that used to make it so uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and now it's really awesome. And is the best chickens the best, best, best? The only thing I would animatronic bring back, chickens. The oh, animatronic chickens are so good. The only thing I would bring back is the living with the land song, which I used to love. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. Okay. So with that, we're going to uh, switch gears a little bit, and we're going to talk about our favorite background music loop. And the thing is, this is, uh, I feel, something that differentiates ourselves from normal Disney fans is that the background music loops are actually one of the more important things to us. Correct. And I think people don't realize it sometimes, you know, especially the casual guests, but it is the number one important thing that makes the park special. It's like you, you should never what, hear. This is what makes a Disney park as opposed to a Six Flags park. Exactly. You should never have silence. Yeah. And this goes for any point of life. If you're having a dinner party, Hello. put some music on. If you have people over, put some music on. Put a little Connie Francis on. People will appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's really important. So, um, so yeah, so background music. So what's your, fa- what, what's your favorite background music loop? Um, so I would say the Interventions area loop. Nice. That's um, awesome. And really, it just has to do with wandering in Epcot, specifically back and forth, you know, from from test track to yeah. well to Soren to test track, nice. back to Soren. I think a lot of to, people would you know, agree, onto would Land, back agree to test track. 
you know, and, and you should be running through that music all the time, and, and it just screams Epcot. You hear it over and over and over and over again between the two, you yeah. know, World Showcase and Soarin' and Test Track and Invention. You hear it over and over again. Plus, it plays really loud in the bathrooms, which is awesome. Which is awesome. But I think, you know, overall, what's really special about Epcot, more than anything else, it has a very, very, very special feel yeah. that no other park uh-huh. in the world has. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's absolutely magical. And a big part of that, I think, is that music loop. Yeah, absolutely. Epcot music is amazing. And while we're in Epcot, I'm going to go ahead and list my favorite background music loop, which is the exterior loop for Ellen's Energy Adventure. This is something I listen to on a daily basis. I listen to it before I go to work because it gets me totally hyped up. Bruce Broughton, the composer, is a total stinking badass. Um, it's just a, a good example of Disney commissioning composers to make beautiful music. This is a good mm-hmm. example. He also did stuff for Spaceship Earth. Really, really amazing. And also the uh, old Timekeeper attraction for the Magic Kingdom. His work there is amazing. But uh, especially the background, exterior background music loop of Ellen's Energy Adventure is just tremendous. And it's a huge upgrade over the old sort of, um, I know it was built in the 80s, but the 70s sounding music that used to be there, this is a huge upgrade and I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really important to, to note that Disney sort of commissioning original pieces of music for background loops, attractions, etc., really is important. And again, I feel like we're, they've been getting away from that and sort of sticking to attraction favorites yeah. or something like that. And Ugh. Yeah, it's just it's just like weak. how many times can we listen to Under the Sea? Exactly. Yeah. Well, why don't we just play a loop of Under the Sea in front of Spaceship Earth? Oh, that'll sound great. Okay. No, just get get over it. Under the Sea is horrible. Okay. So, um, a last topic that we're going to talk about is our favorite nighttime show. Nighttime show. Um, so, sort of close things out. This is what would close out the park for us. Yeah. What's our favorite nighttime show? This is uh, this is uh fireworks or shows or whatever, whatever. My, my favorite nighttime show without a doubt you know i could i could just say illumination so easily or i could say wishes so easily or remember so i could say all these things so easily my favorite nighttime show is the electrical water pageant if this is a show that's I'm been silent. around huh? <laughs> i'm silent <laughs> this is a show that's been around since the beginning of walt disney world it is, uh, I don't know, like five or six water floats. I'm going to say that That's in quotes. That's more than that. Right? I'm going to say, well, it's some water floats. I'm going to say that in quotes. Being tugged around by a little tugboat. They have a string of Christmas lights on them. The music is amazing. Very similar to the electrical light parade mm-hmm. at uh, the Magic Kingdom. Very synth-based. It's Yeah, very synth-based. Really awesome. You got uh, Whale of a Tail. You got... You might even have Under the Sea. Maybe not. I, <laughs> I think I you do have Under the Sea. Under the Sea might be there. But if it is, disregard what I just said about how bad Under the Sea is. Um, dolphins jumping, octopuses' arms flailing at you. This thing is awesome. I love it. And uh, if I didn't mention, you can see it at any of the uh, Magic Kingdom Resort hotels. Mm-hmm. Specifically, you can't really see it at any park, but go to the Contemporary uh, out by the pool and you can see it there and it's really um, amazing underrated really campy show and I just love it that's awesome okay so 
I guess I should explain first that I don't really care for nighttime shows. <laughs> um, I don't really like fireworks so much. I don't really care to sit there and watch a parade, um, etc. But I do love the atmosphere they they add to the park. So like I love being in the park at night, you know, when some fireworks are going off or in, and really the music that goes along with it. So I think the thing that makes me feel most at home has got to be Spectro Magic. Um, as much as when the parade was still around, we weren't watching it all the time. Like there ever. Was, yeah, there was something really great about like wandering around, you know, Adventureland at night. You're sitting, you know, sitting on the rocks, eating a Dole Whip, you know, listening to the Spectro Magic music go by. Way in the background. Yeah, you know, it, there's just something really wonderful about it. It's a one, it's just a great score. Yeah. Uh, great music. Yeah, we never, we really never actually watched it, but so many times we're in the park kind of walking against the grain mm -hmm. as it's going by, mm -hmm. trying to get from one attraction to the other. But because that was in sort of our formative Disney geek years, mm -hmm. it really lends itself to being uh, that important to our memories, you know? Yeah, and I, I think I could, I could speak for a big chunk of the community when it left I think people were a little bit happy to see it go and pretty excited to get the electrical parade back in. But, but. now everyone misses it and can't wait for it to come back. It. So yeah. let's let's all hope let's and pray that Spectre comes back and, and makes my nights magical. Yeah, I love Spectre. Bring it back. Okay. So that just about does it for this first episode of the Disney Hipster Podcast. If you guys want to find out more about us, you can go to DisneyHipsters.com. Or if you want the honest truth, go to uh, Twitter and find us at Disney Hipsters. Um, so I guess we'll see you next time. Yep. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.